Welcome to Raiders of the Lost Podcast, the ultimate film and TV podcast. We are your hosts, James and Anthony. This episode will be on House of the Dragon, Episode 2, The Rogue Prince. Hello, movie friends. Welcome back to the show. We're excited to be here talking about House of the Dragon, Episode 2, which I think was a great second episode for the series so far. Absolutely. Left us on a great cliffhanger. There's a couple of really good conflicts going on in this episode for sure, dealing with, obviously, with Daemon Targaryen, who took over Dragonstone and stole one of the dragon eggs to put with his supposed future wife's child for his crib, which is... Uh, Targaryen custom, and then also King Viserys has to choose a new wife. So those are the two main conflicts in the in the episode, as well as Lord Corlys wanting King Viserys to act against the pirates. And this episode is because we the first episode we got an establishment of all of the main players, and we got our bearings on the world. This episode is really setting the stage for the conflicts that we're going to be seeing this season, and it's pitting characters against one another already. Yeah, and you can tell. What sides there are going to be in this episode obviously ends with an allied ship between Daemon and Lord Corlys, which is going to be epic. But I like how they're setting the stage for a huge war, and it looks like by probably near the end of the season, we're going to be on in full-out, full-scale war amongst these parties, which I am very excited for. Not to mention the new rivalry that will definitely be formed between Rhaenyra and Alicent, who were best friends, but now by the end of the episode, after Rhaenyra gives her blessing to her father to get remarried, she's supporting him. She understands it's his duty to the realm to get remarried, find a new wife. She now finds out on the spot at the council that it's going to be his best friend, her best friend, Alicent, who Otto Hightower has been basically like pimping his daughter out <laughs> to the king. It's, it's straight true. up. It's true. He's like, uh, would you visit the king's quarters? <laughs> if, it's, if it's your desire. <laughs> so basically what happens is Damon has taken over Targaryen ancestral home of Dragonstone, which is rightfully belongs to Rhaenyra since she's the chosen heir yeah. of Viserys. And we saw that, that um, island in season 7 and 8 of Game of Thrones. Really great production design, and I, I love the look of this world in this little palace just in the clouds and the sky and then we had like a dragon versus dragon sequence where Renera went to get go get the stolen dragon egg that was for her brother who passed away after just one day of birth basically Balin yeah Balin so uh obviously so Damon stole the dragon egg of Balin to send a sign Damon's to pretty Viserys. petty he's very he's petty. petty he's definitely trying to get his brother's attention as much as he can almost starting a war this episode fortunately Renera is able to go to get the egg from Dragonstone without bloodshed, despite the fact that she brought up the idea of bringing her dragon to or dragon rider going to Dragonstone to the council, but they immediately rebuffed her and sent her away to go select a new knight for the Knights Guard. I think this, Guard. I think this was a great episode for Renera because she proved to both her father and even Otto that she's very capable and has a lot of confidence and willingness to like fight because when she showed up and she got the egg, Otto was like, he was looking back at her, watching her leave. I think he, he in his head was like, damn, she actually is capable and might end up being a big rival of mine in the future. She showed that she will be a, a strong adversary for him, and I don't think he was expecting that. because he's all, him, him and the king are always babying her, telling her what not to do and what to do, and basically having like a controlled grip on her, but her lashing out and doing what she wanted and also succeeding, 
I think that was intimidating for Otto to see. Not to mention, Damon was immediately surprised as well. He thought he had his dragon Caraxes there. I have the upper hand in this moment, in this exchange. I'm going to keep this dragon egg. And then Rhaenyra shows up with her dragon called Syrax. And then he's like, all right, I don't want to fight my, my niece. I don't want to have a dragon fight and potentially lose my dragon because he clearly thinks they're probably equals right here at this moment. So he gives up the dragon egg. He throws it at her. He's like, yeah, yeah. take the damn egg. But he's just basically kind of... It was all sending a message. Throwing like a hissy yeah. fit, sending a message to King Viserys at this point. And I I like the amount of screen time Renera and Allison got, especially... And Patty Constantine have, had a lot of screen time in this episode. I think it was really great to see. He's, he has a, a lot of three-dimensionality to him. And I think the struggle for him to find a new wife is definitely something everyone can relate to. He seems like a, a decent man through and through. And so it's hard for him to go through this process. He has to try and court a 12-year-old, which is super awkward. And he, I think he makes this, the decision that all audiences were like, okay, at least he didn't choose to marry a 12-year-old. And it's it's on it's re- really fascinating to see like the what worlds were like, and especially this imagined world where an old man would possibly have to marry a kid. And I think that Otto is a great manipulator knowing that Using his daughter Allison is a way for him to get into possible power in the future. And so I'm guessing sometime in the next couple of episodes, Allison and, uh, and the king are going to get married. And then she'll be second in line. And then if they have a, a kid, that kid will be third in line. And then Renera will be fourth in line. And then I think she's – she and Renera clearly revealed that she wants the throne. And she wants to be queen. And she wants to, like, change things. And Rhaenyra, they have, she has that great conversation with Rhaenyra's talking, Rhaenys about talking about how women are passed over and she'll never be queen and it's always going to be men who are making the decisions. But it looks like Rhaenyra might have the ability to break the chains of that order. Yeah, Rhaenys tells her, I know and I see how things are. If they have a son, which they most likely will, probability they're, they'll have a son, he'll skip over you and he'll be the new heir to the throne. So you will never be th- queen. You'll never be what I could have been, the queen that never was. And we also see, besides Rhaenyra's strength, we see her empathy because when she's almost estranged from her father at this point for the majority of the episode, then they finally kind of have a reconciliation, and she accepts the fact that he has to remarry. And even though she wants to be the heir, she understands that he must remarry to to strengthen their position in their line on the throne, whether she's queen or not, but as long as their line is safe and protected. But then he picks a listen, proving that all she's wanted is her father to see her. She said that multiple times. I want my father to see me for who I am. She, He still doesn't understand her, understand that Alyssa's her best friend, and he still chose her as the queen, which obviously is going to devastate her, which it does, and will cause them to be estranged, despite Viserys saying, I don't want us to be estranged. And Allison was very smart, because not, I mean, her father, her father Otto told her to establish a relationship, uh, like, kind of like a courtship of him to the king, of her to the king. She's kind of courting the king. But she's playing it really well. She's listening to him, she's talking to him in his time of need, and he clearly is um, dependent on their new friendship. He probably enjoys these, enjoys these conversations. We get a time jump of six months, from the last episode so we can imagine they've had a lot of talks in the evenings and she repairs that broken dragon which he finds really touching and 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 the king makes a connection with her although she's just playing that card she's not she clearly doesn't want to marry him but she understands her father's um, desire to make her queen and she's probably just playing that card as best she can she's doing a wonderful job with it 
I definitely see them getting married probably in the next episode. Well, clearly, if you watch the teaser and the trailer, oh, I didn't I don't want to. I don't, don't want to watch. Trailers. Right, I won't spoil anything. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We won't spoil it. You could. You could. Well, it. clearly, they have a bit. They have a boy. Okay. They have Aegon. Okay. Aegon Targaryen, right. who is an infamous character in the Game of Thrones, House of the Dragon, Lord, Fire mm-hmm. and Blood. So we'll get Aegon born. That, that show in the teaser trailer at the end of the episode. Drama. For the rest of the season. Drama. We also got a lot of court, Lord Corliss in this episode. He chose a side. He chose to pair up with Daemon because King Viserys rejected his offer of his daughter to be the new queen. King Viserys had that, like, little garden walk with her but she's like a kid it's pretty awkward yeah it's tough and it's really uncomfortable and so Viserys was like I can't marry a child but and I've made a connection with this young woman so he made that choice but Lord Corliss took it as a big slide against him probably the last straw like he's been saving his anger holding on to his onto onto his pride and finally he's decided to betray the king and choose and take the sign of Daemon so it's Daemon not Daemon so so Daemon Damon and Lord Corliss are going to be a mighty adversary for the king in the in the crown. Corliss is the greatest asset of the realm. He's the wealthiest person in wealthiest family in the realm, most powerful seafarer. And so also Lord Corliss despite, also in addition to offering his daughter to make a connection with the Valerian houses and the Targaryen houses to try to make old Valeria in the realm once again the most powerful two bloodlines. He has an issue with this crab feeder. So the crab feeder which they bookend the episode with creepy dude who's feeding dudes in, alive on a beach to crabs. It's very disturbing. And this is Kragus Drahar, a.k.a. Kragus Crabfeeder. As we learned in last week's episode, Crabfeeder is the Prince Admiral of Triarchy, a collection of free cities who've banded together to rid the Stepstones, a chain of islands in the distant sea, of their pirate infestation. Caraxus, uh will hopefully... Uh, Caraxus was laying waste to a whole host of free cities. Was that did that happen or no? No, we didn't see Caraxes. Not yet. That. I think no. that's gonna happen. I think that was the teaser for yeah. the next episode. It looks like so. Lord Corliss has an issue with what's going on in these sea channels. It's affecting his. It's affecting his, his trading. Yeah. And if if it, if it keeps going, he will be. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
he completely it'll ruin his family destroyed. His house. Yeah. He'll, he'll basically be handicapped and so he's trying to get the king to respond to these pirates to stop them because he's already lost men he's lost ships and he doesn't want to just be compensated by the crown which they offer obviously but he just wants action to be taken and it's uh it ties to his agreement with damon in terms of how he handled the city watch with the the show of force and lord corliss wants that again with this moment he's just trying to finally plead with the king to to do something for him because he's done his, him and his wife have done everything for the crown since he was crowned and so i think this was the last betrayal the last sign of not really caring about house valerian and now he's like, I'm taking Damon's side on everything. Everyone's realizing that Viserys is weak and vulnerable. The realm is vulnerable because he won't go to war. He won't. He's afraid to start a war or to to begin a war, even though they would end it immediately with their dragons. Yeah. Because Viserys wants to remain peaceful, but he's shown himself to be a weak decision maker. And I think it's metaphorically shown with his weakness from getting cuts on the throne and having the disgusting rot in his finger that he puts in that bowl of maggots. Oh, so gross. No, that was, no, that no, no. Great shot. Like yeah. the wide shot of just the maggots eating his finger. Yeah. So disturbing. He uh, And he's also, he's dependent on the council to make his decisions. He really depends on their advice strongly. And... I think that he is not a clear, decisive decision maker. He's not a he's not a born king, and he's not someone who is meant to rule. Damon sees that immediately, where he he tells Lord Corliss he's like he's not suited for this, and then he, he Corliss is like for what? He's like for being king. And Damon would be. I think he sees himself as being a much better king, which is why he wants the throne. I think that Damon sees himself as like a hero of King's Landing, a hero of Westeros, and. He probably sees it as his duty to rise to power to save the kingdom. I think Otto sees it the same way too because remember Viserys was originally going to go to Dragonstone with his dragon to confront Daemon. However, Otto stopped him and said it wasn't a wise idea because he probably knows that that uh, Viserys would have made like an emotional yeah, it, it well. would have caused a war and bloodshed. Yeah. He probably, Even though Otto was almost there too. He probably would have lost his temper like he did in the throne room last episode. And caused, yeah, caused the battle. Because that's all he did in that throne room was he was posturing with his guard around him with his sword in his hand, which you ne- we haven't seen in his, with the sword yet at all. Yeah. He's got it out like, yeah, Damon, you, you're afraid of me. And Damon's like, you're just, a, you're just a kid up there. And then Damon showed his true cards as, I'm happy to go to war against the throne. Like, So he, we know where Damon's at right now. This episode was really revealing. He took over at the Iron Islands and that now he's like... If you want to, when Otto says this is treason and you're, you're declaring war against the throne, he, and then he goes, wonderful. Like, he's down, for, he's down for war, which I like. We know where his head's at, and we know that he is an antagonizing force for the throne. Great ending shot, too, where Corliss is speaking to somebody. He looks like he's trying to persuade someone to be his ally, and the camera slowly pans around the room until we get the reveal of Damon sitting across from him. With from the, the fire, fire in the background. It was great. Yeah. And I love how even put off as he is talking to Corliss because Corliss is like, we have, we're similar people. He's like, I didn't realize you had a king for a brother. Mm-hmm. So I, I love Damon's attitude into this entire situation. I can't wait to see what their alliance is going to be He also like. says that you, no one can speak ill of my brother except for me. Yeah. So there's that Targaryen stubbornness and devotion to family, even when your family member is your enemy. Still, they have that fierce loyalty in some way to other Targaryens. They, 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 Targaryens really see themselves, especially Damon, as different from every other person. We also got Kristen Cole knighted and becoming a member of the King's Guard, chosen specifically by Rhaenyra, who obviously gave him her blessing at the jousting tournament, the tourney. 
against after he knocked off um, Damon from his horse. And mm-hmm. uh, Kristen Cole reminds Damon of that in this episode after Damon forgot his name on the bridge, which was really cool and funny. So I'm curious to see the relationship between Rhaenyra and Kristen Cole, how that will develop, and what's going to happen going forward with Rhaenyra in general now being she's going to be estranged from her father for sure. Oh, yeah, it's going to be tough. And I wonder if after episode three, we're going to get the time jump then to the older actresses, to Emma D'Arcy and... I'm sorry, I can't remember her name. The actress who's playing... From Ready Player One? Yeah, from... Uh, Olivia Cook. Olivia Cook, who's playing uh, the older Allison. I think after episode three, that might be after the time jump. We'll find that out. That might be it. And I wonder if they'll go back to the previous storylines as well, constantly. And I, I wonder if this betrayal by her father will in some way make Renera kind of side with Damon in the future. Possibly, because yeah. there are images of uh, Damon with... Renera. Emma D'Arcy Renera from that we've seen for like the last year and a half. Yeah, and together on a beach. And clearly Allison is going to be a strong player for the throne too. So now so we're gonna have I'm she'll be like yeah. at the throne. Yeah, so I'm not sure if Viserys will live to finish end, the season. End of the season. So if he doesn't, we'll have Allison, Renera, Lord Corliss, Damon, um Rainus might have a way in Corliss. as well. In um yeah, I said Corliss. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, so it's five main players for the throne. Like it should be. With all yeah, with all good claims and good stakes. It's juicy stuff, man. Because yeah. it took a while to get into the first Game of Thrones of everyone going after the throne. And also, I really like how they're introducing the villain of the crab feeder, the main like big antagonist really yeah. early because it wasn't what, the fourth season when they finally got the White Walkers and the Ice King. Well, the first step, the first ever scene was a White Walker. Killing but I mean, someone. like seeing an army of them. Oh, and yeah, like, yeah, yeah, an army. Yeah, we got we got hints and teases of them throughout all, all of the seasons, but nothing major. Yeah, yeah but we, we're getting some major stuff with it's the major. crab feeder. It's it major. is disturbing as hell. Also, let's talk about the opening credit sequence, which oh, it's was great, incredible. Yeah. The yeah. animation is sensational. It really looks great. I, I love the streak of blood because what's really great about this show, what makes it different from Game of Thrones, is Game of Thrones you had a, an ensemble of great characters from different houses, and, and the rivals were rival houses. You know what I mean? Like they were enemies already, or, or always already had um, animosity towards one another. Like the different parts of kings of, of Westeros they're from. But in this show, the rivals are all deeply connected, either intimately, familially, or um, with allied ships, like long-standing allied ships. So I like how you have the same thing of rivals, but they're so closely interconnected. They're they're all on the same side, they're connected by blood. Yeah, they're all they all start on the same side, whereas everyone else in the Game of Thrones, like they're all kind of opposing forces. The, all these families and houses are loyal to the throne, but clearly, like... They're looking for a way. Yeah, exactly. Somehow. So I like how this show, it's more close-knit in terms of who the players are and very intimate as well. Love the new music as well, but, man, the animation was incredible. Was the, it new the, music? It felt... It, believe, was, it was the same. Was it? I thought it was... It was completely the same. It was identical music. Maybe I was just transfixed by the Cause, CGI. Because you, you, uh, you watched the episode first, and I was like, how was it? And you were like, oh, the, the new opening's amazing. And I was like, oh, cool. And then I, I watched it. And I was like, this is the same music. It's the, it's the, <laughs> it's the same, same music. music, yeah. Someone can confirm or deny that oh, first. I, I can confirm it right now. Can you? So I was... 100%. 100%. Okay, I'll take that. <laughs> 100%. 100%. <laughs> Which, uh, it's fine, but I was... I, I From your... From what you said, I was expecting different music. Anyways, but it was so cinematic, really cool camera angles and yeah. uh, out of focus shots, depth of field is is really interesting. The way they played with it, like you're on like a boat traveling with the with the blood throughout the entire very the cool. kingdom is really is really interesting. Very creative, liked yeah. it a lot. All right, that wraps our recap and review of episode two, House of the Dragon, The Rogue Prince. Stay tuned next week for episode three when we do that on Tuesday. Episodes this week that we've already posted, we did. 
Star Wars Episode Five: The Empire Strikes Back on Monday yesterday. Also, tomorrow's our weekly chat. And then as well, Stranger Thursday, Things. Stranger Things Monsters episode. A lot of fun. Stay tuned for that. Take care, y'all. Bye. This episode of Raiders of the Lost podcast has been executive produced through Patreon by our amazing Chosen One patrons, Calvin Cam, Lauren Smertz, Cody Moen, John Agras, Tyler McFly, Anthony DeMeo, and Becca Keen. Thank you so much for contributing to our show. Raiders of the Lost podcast is a Mirror Image production. Sound mixing done by Jacob Kosler. Opening music by Chase Jackson.